Now, this is as big as the moon landing. There's been massive talk about change of the zoning in the last week or two. We're going to clear it up for you. What is exactly happening with some potential changes in a lot of zonings in Sydney? Stay tuned. Let's solve some problems this morning. A lot of chat. People are excited. People are saying, uh, it's, you know what it is? You know what I love? It's putting into the uh, money into the pockets of mum and dads, potentially, with some of these changes that we're going to talk about today. Um, so people that are sitting on big blocks, on blocks that are close to uh, 800 metres to shopping areas, not major, but just shopping areas, close to transport big changes coming yeah there's always been talk about flying to the moon in our sci-fi future films to uh solve a housing crisis well that's not going to be needed after this or we're certainly heading in the right direction so this is talking about some changes to the greater sydney region the hunter the central coast illawarra um, also known as the six cities region so i guess let's let's just jump into it because um effectively what the state government is talking about here is um changing some of the zoning on from with local councils to improve um the ability to put in you know new new stock that is desperately needed to solve this uh, rental crisis mark have you seen anything like this before I don't believe it's a change of zoning, but I believe it's a change of density. Have you, have uh, you I, seen like this I before? Saw it, yeah, I saw this back in 1995. Wow. And back then, what actually happened was council said, look, we've got these big blocks of land. Um, actually, can I just stop there for a second? Yep. The principle is really, really simple. The lowest hanging fruit for a nation or for a country for, um, the, you know, when there's, when there's huge net migration that we've got at the moment, which there generally has been in this country a lot of the time, but the, the lowest hanging fruit, it's very expensive. I know I said this, I said this a couple of weeks ago, but if you think about a spiral, right? Yes. Um, internationally, it's very expensive to build more schools and to build more hospitals and to build more roads and more infrastructure for a government. Very, very expensive. It is much, 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 much more cheaper to allow for higher density in built up areas. To make the hospital 10 or 20% bigger, to make the railway, you know, 10% bigger, uh, sometimes not even needed, to make the transport system like, it actually, it's much, to make you know, the schools 10% bigger, it's much cheaper for government. So if you just remember in the front of your mind that principle, I'll take you now to, back to the 1995, they went, look, are we going to start another 
100 subdivisions out west or we're going to allow these people with these super duper big blocks that they're not using to put another house and that was the principle of dual occupancy back in the 90s it came fast it stopped fast but there was a lot of people that profited from their backyards right okay so this new change is going to allow terraces, townhouses, two-storey apartment blocks near transport hubs and town centres in R2-density residential zones. And um, I think it's got the same principle, you know, the same message behind it. It's trying to help uh, existing areas improve yeah, their density. And was this like a, an example of people doing a... I like a, a battle axe block front and front and back or was it terrace either side house by house in the 90s when it when it came in the dual occupancy laws um there was things like you had to be over a certain block size for it to get done uh you had to have a, a four meter corridor down the side of your home um to allow for a driveway uh, and services to run down the side services like drainage water um, and stuff like that. What's interesting with this change is developers at the moment are really freaked out by class two building because it is, it is so hard now. It is just so hard to build these days. So this building that's gonna be allowed, a lot of this building's gonna be allowed is not that medium density stuff, which is hard to build. It's gonna be the easy stuff that's easy to build. Um, so that'll be great. That's good. Um, so the, the state government's identified a significant gap in the approval of density regarding R2 and R3 zones. And yep. what I was reading, what's interesting here is the changes here would account for like 30% of the new homes needed by 2029. Um, you know, that's the state government's, uh, that's the state government's targets. Agreed. And don't forget, this is not their only solution. They're paralleling um, down the line with other solutions as well. So if, if they can have a you know one third, one third, one third principle, and this is one third of the of the um, of of the change, then it's it's progress. It's a lot of house though. There's there's three hundred and seventy seven thousand in the pipeline. It's a shit ton, but. If you look at some of these some of these areas, we are in a, like people. What we don't realise, what we don't realise, what we don't see, what we don't realise, because we just you know that's just life. But you know we are one of the you know internationally we are one of the lowest density sort of areas. Um, so to allow these higher densities is simply bringing us up to you know international scale and, and what people sort of have. So. Um, you know these these big blocks of land that, that we sit on um and these small um the, the shopping centers that don't have any density around them it's rare um and it's more consistent with um with with yeah planning standards around the world yeah is there anyone that's not going to benefit from this uh, look, it seems to be the concept, what I'm reading about is the concentration seems to be around transport uh, and it seems to be around shops. So I think if you're not around transport and you're not around shops, um, 
or you're a super small block, you could, uh, I don't think that you're going to be a beneficiary of this um, density allowance. Now, it's not in. Um, it's, you can't, it's not in, it, you cannot start applying for it straight away, so it's not in our code. Um, but last time that this was spoken about, um, it was stamped out by a lot of councils, so it could still not get, not get up. Uh, but I know that the planning minister's um, planning for it, but um, it still has to, um, local, it will be enforced on local councils, but last time something like this happened, the local councils pushed back successfully. Yeah, okay. So it's not confirmed, but it certainly is being talked about. That's, um, yeah, yeah that, that's that's the change they're referring to, the change and in Article 3. Yeah, so if you've just tuned in, we're talking about the density that um, our minister's trying to get through uh, New South Wales with more properties, more units, uh, more townhouses, semis, dual occupancies, um, and uh, and the fact and and what you know why this is being done. So, look, I I think principally, um, I love it because I haven't seen opportunity for development for a very long time in my personal career of thirty years. Um, except for right at the beginning when I started, there was that dual occupancy stuff, and you know people that were people that were uh, prosperous and and you know wanted to have a go and, and and build and sell and make some money. They really did. Um, so uh, and it was allowing more rental properties in the grid. It was allowing more properties for first home buyers out there. Um, so it's it's I think it's pretty exciting for, for you know for people that want to um that want to have a go uh, when it comes into place as well. Yeah, well, it's an ambitious target, you know, set by the state government, and um, this is maybe one way they're going to tackle it head on. 112,000 new homes this could potentially bring to the marketplace. Could happen behind, right next door to you, under your nose, could be your property. Um, so yeah. definitely I'd be holding on to properties on, on um, if you had a consideration of buying, um, I'd be trying to buy, and you, you wanted to do stuff like development. I'd be buying around shopping centres, uh, little or big shopping centres, uh, and I'd be buying on transport, sort of within 800 metres to shopping centres or 800 metres to major transport hubs, because um, I think they're going to be the biggest beneficiaries. And if you're selling, I'd probably hold on and just see what's going to happen first. Yeah. Okay. How long? How long do you hold though? This stuff never went through last time. Do you reckon, reckon this is an that we'll get in weeks, months, quarters? I reckon it's a twelve-month process before okay. it comes in. Before it comes into play in full place, it'll be up to twelve months um, that we'll know about it. So you know, next three, six, nine months. Um, yeah, I think it'll come through. Before when it originally happened, we used to just call it dual occupancy. Uh, dual occupancy laws or dual occupancy, get them going to build a dual occupancy, sell a dual occupancy. Um, this is a sort of more of a hybrid and a better version of it. Yeah. There you go. I think that's the show. That's the show. Have a good day. And uh, and don't forget, we've got our Chrissy party uh, uh, in two nights' time. We're starting at six with a uh, educational on the, pro on the property market. And at 6.45, we're swinging over to drinks. If you're coming along, uh, let us know. RSVP. Yeah, I'm keen. Very excited. All right, Billy. Take care. See ya. Have a good day. See ya.